For the last several weeks, we have read our way through the entire sixth chapter of St. John's Gospel, hearing Jesus say over and over again to the crowds and to his disciples, I am the bread of life. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. The whole chapter is pretty repetitive, and even though we got a break last week for St. Mary the Virgin, I wonder if you're a little tired of it. Maybe some of us are as perplexed as the crowds, or maybe even struggling with it, like some of the disciples in the story. This teaching is difficult, they say to each other. Who can accept it? I am the bread of life, he tells them repeatedly. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Is this a metaphor, Jesus? It sounds a bit like a metaphor at first, just some words or an image to help the disciples understand who Jesus is, to help them understand what he's about. But as Jesus turns his face toward Jerusalem and begins to walk that long road to the cross, as Jesus takes bread and wine at supper with his disciples and tells them that the bread is his body and the wine is his blood, and as he takes up that cross and goes to his death, well, the whole thing starts to feel a little less metaphorical and a whole lot more real, a whole lot more serious. Is it still a metaphor when his flesh is laid in the tomb? Is it still a metaphor three days later when his body is gone? And two of his disciples, disappointed and confused, break bread with a stranger in a town called Emmaus and suddenly realize, as the stranger breaks the loaf, that it's Jesus in front of them, alive. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. But this is simply too much for most of the crowd. And even for some of his disciples, some of those who had followed him up until this point. He's overdone it. He's crossed a line. It's just too unbelievable that the one in front of them will give his flesh to be food. It's just too good to be true that the one in front of them will raise them up on the last day and give them eternal life. And so they stop. Maybe give a long sigh. 
And then they go back, back to whatever they were doing before they followed this mysterious one who said outrageous things, back to whoever they were before this mysterious one changed their lives and gave them hope. And Jesus, never one to compel, one who so curiously seems to respect the free will and dignity of others, always one for consent and never coercion, Jesus asks the twelve, do you also wish to go away? There's no rousing speech to convince the remaining few to stick it out. There's no clever argument to convince the doubters. Just a question and an invitation to walk away if they want to. I imagine some stunned silence in response to this question. The Son of God giving his disciples a way out if they'd like. Jesus here showing that there's not an ounce of politic in his body. He's refusing the stump speech. He just says his piece, and then he waits. It's into this open question, it's into this silence that St. Peter's answer comes. Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words to eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. To whom can we go? For Peter, there's no going back to the fishing boat, no going back to what he was doing before. There can be no going back to the old Peter, to whoever he was before this man walking by the side of the lake told him to come and follow him and fish for people instead of for seafood. (coughs) To whom can he go? Peter and the others have left everything to follow Jesus, and they have heard the words to eternal life. There's nowhere else to turn. Friends, maybe you have nowhere else to turn as well. To whom can you go when you realize that you've put everything you are, everything you have, into following this mysterious one who says some pretty outrageous things about his body and bread? To whom can you go when you feel abandoned and left behind, whether by a friend or by a bad job market or a virus that just won't go away or by the sharp separation of death when your partner or your parent is gone forever? To whom can you go when life is hard and not turning out at all the way you thought it would. Maybe Jesus' words are difficult for you, maybe for me at times. But friends, where else can we turn? 
to whom can we go? This one has the words to eternal life. This one gives us his flesh to be food, his blood to be drink. This one will raise us up on the last day. Friends, this is the time for strength. For strength in the one who tells us that he is the bread of life. Be strong in the Lord, St. Paul says as he finishes his letter to the Ephesians. Be strong in the Lord. Strength in the Lord doesn't look like biceps and body armor. No, Paul says that strength in the Lord looks like truth and righteousness and faith, like the faith that Peter mustered when he said to Jesus, to whom can we go? Friends, if you feel tempted, like some of those early disciples, if Jesus' words are just too confusing or too good to be true, if you're sad that your rector is gone, that the shepherd who led you through the valley these nine years is no longer by your side, if you're weighed down by this pandemic that won't end in the uncertainty of the coming year, if you've lost someone who can't come back, if you've found yourself suddenly alone on the road, friends, this is not the time to walk away. This is not the time to go back, to go back to whatever or whoever you were before you heard the words to eternal life. This is the time for faith for faith and for the strength that Peter showed in his remarkable answer to Jesus' question, to whom can we go? Be strong in the Lord, my friends. Strength in the Lord in the end doesn't even come from us, but from the Lord, from the God who took on our flesh and then gave that flesh to us to be our food. Strength in the Lord looks like stretching out our hands and letting the bread of life come inside us and give us a strength that we didn't know we had. Be strong in the Lord. Know that the bread of life is right here in front of you. To whom else can we go? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.